Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Hi there, guys. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we are here for a weekend uh, edition of the show. A lot to a lot to discuss with free agency coming next week. As I'm sure you have noticed, there have been um, some some I guess clearing of the air for Deshaun Watson, and uh, there has been no criminal charge brought on him. I have literally zero take on that matter right now i have no uh, opinion that will that will help any side of the discussion with that so i am uh, abstaining from that conversation until it becomes a serious part of things for cleveland and i have no indication right now it will i just don't think i have anything of value to add to it so not going to talk about it uh, at all so the OBR, reminder of things that are on the site right now, there's a 50% off your annual OBR VIP subscription. I do hope you take advantage of that if you are not a subscriber to the website, largely because it gives you an opportunity to get 50% off not only the website's uh, your membership, but it also gives you access to $9.99 uh, every single month worth of Paramount+. Plus. You get that for free, ad-free, which is a nice feature of that. And you get access to the entire 247 Sports Network, which is the leading sports news and recruiting information college site that is at your fingertips if you have a college team you like and want to follow that as well. So unlock the OBR, unlock many opportunities that are out there. And, um, you know, like I said, 50% off, you should take advantage. And you can always try us for $1 for your first month if you'd prefer to go that route as a means to try out the OBR website content where we have many VIP things, discussions, Rumor Central. You can ask, do the Ask the Insider stuff. Give us a opportunity, and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, otherwise, a reminder that coming up on Monday is the Subathon. So we're going to do that for the first day of the legal tampering period. That OBR Twitch channel will have the subathon. It'll start at uh, noon Eastern time is when we will kick that off. We'll be that's when uh, tampering starts. Apologies, we'll be on at 11 a.m. for that watch along for the tampering period starting Monday. So join the OBR Twitch. Take five minutes to do it. Link your Amazon Prime. You won't even be charged for subscribing to the channel. It'll just come out of your Amazon Prime membership. You already pay. So that's another thing that's out there. Just want to make you privy to it. Otherwise, analytics up on investigating a Denzel Ward extension, free agency targets from Fred Greetham, talking about all of the people that are available along the defensive line, and then notes on J.C. Treader being reelected as the NFLPA president. So check all of that out on the website. We'll have some fun weekend content on some defensive backs, hopefully for you. Uh, and, and you should take advantage of those opportunities to read up on how guys performed. Today we have Jack Duffin on to talk about the salary cap, every angle of that salary cap, what is coming, clear some confusion about current contracts on the book, and give you an idea of what the Browns go into next week with right now with the cap, and if they end up cutting some important parts of the roster. So let's get over to that chat with Jack Duffin right now. All right, pretty excited to welcome in my good friend across the pond, right, over in England, Jack Duffin. Jack is a, uh, I think he does a nice job with his content at Dogland. Uh, if you have not checked out Dogland, you should. Uh, Jackson and Anthony and the guys over there, huge fans of them. 
and they're active parts of things we do at the OBR. So anytime I can talk about the cap, listen, this goes beyond like uh, just respecting like, like Jack will listen to some of the pods we do here and then he'll shoot like, Hey, you were right here or you were wrong here. And I cannot thank him enough because you know, I'm a, I'm a, f- a film guy, Jack, who, who, uh, is trying to, uh, keep my mind fresh on how the salary cap works. And it's such a moving, it's a moving thing. And you teach me as much about that as anybody I've ever come across. So I'm excited to have you on, man. Uh, cheers for the kind words. It's, uh, it's been a, a weird one like the last month because I'm between jobs. So I pop your podcast on in the morning when I'm walking the dog and I'm like, oh, it's the Friday podcast because John Colosimo's on. Wow, I know which day of the week it is now. And it's literally been the way I've uh, found out which day of the week it is by popping on a, a bit Jake Burns while I'm walking the dog in the morning. So, uh, no, it's been really, really good. And loads of stuff is right. Don't beat yourself up too much. Um, but th- there's always like little weird rules and things that can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's just spreading that knowledge is, uh, is really great. Listen, it's it's appreciated on my end because there's there's a lot to learn. It's a, it's it's not something many folks grew up with. You know, even if you grow up around the game, you're not growing up around it in a money aspect, so you don't understand that. You know, the data stuff of football is moving a lot, but I think you could have grown up around data to be able to quantify things. But salary cap, pay scales, all of it is is tough for a lot of people, and I think. I would say as much as the number one tier Jack of people get things wrong on Twitter is play calling. I think it's completely misunderstood and completely butchered by a lot of people. The understanding of the process behind it talked a little bit off air. I wish we would have put it on air. If you guys listened to uh, earlier this week, I talked with Nicole and Pete about Baker. And before we went live, we were talking about play calling and the misconceptions and misunderstandings that's up there. But the, the, the salary cap is second, largely because people don't, understand how to read the numbers not that they don't recognize what a two or three or four is but they don't know how to read it year by year and fundamentally break down how that all works out yet people pretty confidently talk about it which i find funny they use two websites i i use based on largely your recommendation jack over the cap and then there's uh spo tracker spot tracker whatever you guys know what i'm talking about Explain to me why you like over the cap more and, and you would push folks who are trying to understand this to go that direction. And then like on top of that recommendation, how much do you think like over the cap as far as the super finite details of a contract actually has? Do you think they get all of that and include or is it like there's 90% but there's some things that they don't necessarily include? Yeah, so I always use over the cap. Um, for me, it's always the most accurate place where I get numbers sometimes I look at it on uh, other sites like Spotrack and I'm like well that's not right because I remember the deal this player signed and it's only occasionally numbers don't add up but I always stick to over the cap because I know hey these guys are right they're getting all their information from teams on the back end on other stuff they're, they are so well connected um, and yeah it, it's just laid out really really easy to for you to sort of follow through and see what's going on and if I'm honest it's probably something like this time of the year, four or five times a day, I'm just dropping into over the cap just to be like, oh, I see a player gets released or something's going on. I'm like, oh, Tyler Lockett news the other day. Right, straight on to over the cap. What's his contract? Because I'm looking at over the cap to get those numbers. I'm jumping into PFF being like, hey, is he still productive? I remember the great player he was. Is he still productive? Those are sort of my, my two weapons that I use all the time is over the cap and PFF. Um, I can look at any player and go, hey, Roughly, is he any good and what's he going to cost? And that information just makes life so much easier. 
Yeah, so I would say it's the the best decision you can make to push yourself to over the cap to be as as accurate with those intricate details as possible. We're going to talk about a couple of those intricate details in in just a moment with some players, but I want to as free agency tampering starts tomorrow on Monday, like go with you, okay, so how much do the Browns currently have going into Monday's tampering period, the free agencies that sits today. Now, again, Jack and I are recording this on Wednesday. I should be pretty open about that. There could be a whole bunch of things that happen between now and, and Sunday when this is airing. They could cut, they could, they could, they could, they could get a new deal for somebody that whatever. There's a lot of things. So just understand we're talking about this at five o'clock Eastern time. It's even what time is it in London, Jack, right now? Uh we're five hours ahead. So it's about Ooh, okay, 10 o'clock. So Jack settled into his evening uh well into it. And we are just discussing this at this point. So if something's moved, don't hold it against us. But uh what's the number right now? How does that compare to most teams around the league? And then is there a decent amount of that that comes from rollover cap or not? So they've got 18 million left um, against the salary cap, which puts them right around the middle of the league. Um, you've got some teams like the Colts with 70 million in space. You've got some other teams at time of talking. Um, by the time you listen, they've probably cleared some more, but you've got like the Saints and the Packers that are my- minus 45 million. Um, they've got to clear some space. So it's built up with salary cap rollover and um, RIP Sashi Brown, but he created the biggest amount of NFL salary cap rollover ever. It was something like $65 million that was left to John Dorsey. Um, and that's like a savings account on the side. The Browns have been spending that, and there's only a little bit of that left because they've okay. they've had one of the most expensive rosters in the league the last like four years because they've been able to... Did you did you explain what, what, what rollover means? I might have missed it. But so, did you just like generally... Yeah, whatever you have left at the end of the season. So say we get to the end of the season and the Browns haven't spent 10 million um, and there's 10 million left. They'll go into next season with whatever the NFL sets as their salary cap. So for this year is 208.2 million. And then they would just add that extra 10 million on. So it's just whatever you've got left at the end of each um, year just adds on to that amount. So same as in life, if you finish the end of a financial year and you've got ten thousand dollars pounds left in your bank account you go into next year i've got ten thousand in my savings account and whatever you then earn in a salary is what it goes on top of so it's just best to view it that way if you go out and start blowing all of your cap rollover and stuff like that it's not then there in the future it's sort of spend once but the cap effectively is just an accounting mechanism teams can spend money and then you just have to make the cuts and the other decisions to to do stuff. Or you, you like the Saints and the Packers this year. They're just buying absolute everything on a credit card and they're dealing with the problems down the future. Yeah, that's where the void years have come into play, right? That's the credit card analogy that we have seen so popularly. Um, and again, to reiterate, we're very well said by Jack, but like you, you, you know, your your cap's two hundred eight. Say you rolled in five million, your cap goes to two thirteen for a single year. You don't keep it at two thirteen in perpetuity. You use it, it's gone, but it's meant to benefit you. If you don't use it, hey, you can put it on your next year's salary cap and whatever, whatever. So that's great. That's well said. I like it. Um, you talked about void years. Why do you think those have become so, so, so popular? Because we're going to talk about a player who's in the midst of that, uh, put put it off until later in, in, in Hooper, right? Yeah, so um, I think the Browns, there's sort of two things. Um, Andrew Berry came from the Eagles, and if there's one GM that just loves buying on the credit card, and that's Harry Roseman with the Eagles, they've done it really successfully, um, and they just sort of, you're budgeting for it in advance, 
So you're making actions now going, hey, we're going to have to let this player go in two years, but we'll pay it in the third year once they've gone. Um, and that's effectively what it does. It just pushes the can down the road and you're borrowing from the future salary caps to spend now. It's a bit like when you buy a house. If you buy a house, you don't suddenly have all of that money to buy the house in year one. You're putting that into a mortgage and you're like, hey, I'm going to spend X amount of money from next year. That's mm-hmm. fine. And it, it that's the sort of same way teams are doing it with the void years. And all the void year does is just push money further and further down the line. And as well, covid impacted the salary cap and that's a large reason why I think the Browns were so aggressive in their commitment to throw money down the future because like Clowney's off the um, team this year but they've still got to pay a large chunk of his money whether he's back or not because they bought him on a credit card so they've still got another 3.6 million um, that is going to account on this year's salary cap based on the 8 million that he got paid last year so he didn't get all of that on the cap last year they pushed it into the future, and even though he's gone, they've still got to pay that bill because they bought it on the credit card. Very well said. So that is that is a huge, huge point to understand. And if you are not in front of a computer listening to this, I would encourage you to pull it up on your phone, and you can see how the void years impact the cap down the line. Right? Like they 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 have is it four years of spending here? If I'm looking at it right. Jack, I mean, they have 30, 3.6, 2.7, 1.8, and a 900K that they've pushed down the line to soften that cap number, right? So um, with void years, if a player is then off the roster, it will all accelerate up into the next year. So the 3.6 million it's just split one, one, Yeah, you're right. It, it's, it's one, one hit year. of that. But if yeah. they would say, say extend him for a four-year deal, that amount breaks down over the four years and does stay that way. So um, yeah. it just based on what they do, if, if he comes back, not all that 3.6 millions this year, it stays spread out. And that then feeds into that. But guys, one thing I'll say now is my DMs are always open on Twitter. If you've got a question, tweet at me, shoot in the DMs. I'm happy to answer this stuff. If you feel shy about asking it, shoot in the DMs. It's okay. I'm not expecting everyone to know everything about the salary cap. But feel free to ask. I will always do my best to educate and help people. Dig it. Let's so let's talk about there. So you said they're at eighteen right now, uh, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, eighteen what, what, now. Yeah. And one thing I'll touch on: cause people look at draft picks um, before we get onto the free agents, and obviously they'll pay yeah. the free agents first. In total, there's eleven point two million. Once they sign all their free agent, all their uh, draft picks, that's going to be their year one salary. But what happens when you add a player to the roster? Say I'll pick at thirteen a player's going to drop off the bottom of the roster because the team's already got 51, 53 players signed up. So you're looking around 5 million set aside um, net for signing all of those uh, rookies. So you're looking at five of that 18 million is already set aside for paying rookies. So um, yeah, if we're looking at free agency, where do they stand now? It's actually 13 million. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. With Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Let's talk about guys they can move off of and open up some cap space. So the popular topic was Austin Hooper. Okay. And I heard people coming at me about like, okay, if you do a post June one cut, um, and again, I was too, I was under this preconceived notion. I would urge you again to look at over the cap as we're talking about this. You will see that there is a dead cap number of 22, 23, and 24. If you cut him post June one of 3.7 million, right? So no matter what happens with him, if you cut him now, or if you cut him, uh, well, really, if you cut him now, or you, or you post June one, it, you're going to owe 11 and a quarter to him, right? Like that's the dead money. That's either now or later. Um, you know, if you keep him another year, I understand if you keep him another year, you're obviously it's going to change. It's going to go down to whatever, you know, seven six and, and some change, seven and a half. Yes. Uh, clearly an English major over here, Jack. So um, like I get it. People have been like, well, he's only two million dollar player to keep whether you keep him or cut him, because if you cut him, you're actually losing in dead money because right now his cap number for next year is. 13.25. If you cut him, you have to pay out that 11.25. You can either pay it all out right now, or you can put it off and spread it over two years and pay 370, 3.75 this year, six, you know, in the seven and a half next year, no matter what, you're going to have to pay him that. And he's only going to cost you two more million if he's actually on the roster. So people are like, is he a $2 million? Is he just worth being you know on the roster for $2 million? That's important to understand. It's not as uh, beneficial as I think we think it is to cut him down. Now I could still justify it, Jack. I, I, I would rather those snaps be going to Harrison Bryant. I don't even want him on the roster for 2 million, but I get the angle people are taking. So did I describe that right? Or would you say I'm, I screwed something up? No. So that's exactly the right way to describe it with that move. But I think the one thing people look at is they see that 11 point, um, two five is it 11.25 million and they think hey we keep him for one year pay him the 9.5 and then there's only like the two million left that you've still got to pay and that's not quite the case because Mm -hmm. if you pay him an extra 9.5 million in base salary for 2022 you've still got seven and a half of that 11.2 million left to pay and the reason why that money's still there that's the signing bonus he was paid in 2020. It was the option mm-hmm. bonus he was paid in 2021 to backload the deal. Because what they were able to do is have a 3.5 million cap hit for 2020, even though into his bank account, they paid him 11.5 million. So he was given an 11.5 million um, payment in year one of the deal. 
They only accounted for three and a half million of that on the cap. They pushed the rest into the future. And that's the whole buying on the credit card. If you decide I'm not going to pay him an extra 9.5 million, you've still got to clear the rest of the credit card debt. And that for me is why I think he is still going to get cut. Um, it'll be a post June 1st cut. So they'll deal with three and a half, three point seven five million in 2020. And then they'll do seven and a half million in 2023. But the reason why, and when the Hooper decision was made, it was like, Hey, they're not going to, uh, when the Njoku decision was tag, I didn't expect any Austin Hooper cut just then because, Hey, we've got a few different things we want to play out. We want to get a free agent signed at wide receiver because, Hey, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people fear, but if no free agent wide receivers want to come, then what's the problem with paying Austin Hooper a tiny bit of money if you've got DPJ as potentially your wide receiver to pre-draft? These things can happen, so prepare for all eventualities. Wait one week and see what happens. Austin Hooper could be traded. I know that seems barbaric and mad to several Browns fans. If he's traded to a new team, he's going to be like the ninth most expensive tight end two years after being the most expensive tight end, come with no guarantees to a new team. And if you're looking mm-hmm. at Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, those guys are going to get the same money. And if I can give up a sixth round pick and get Austin Hooper versus Evan Ingram for the same money, that, that's going to be appealing to some team because the tight end market isn't that rich as it was expected to be. And the other thing is yeah. get Njoku to sign that deal. So I think Hooper will be gone but in the first week of free agency, not just yet. Got it. So yeah, there's, there's some money to be saved there. What's, what's funny is you'll like, look at the, and if you can, you designate on the far right of the, of the website, if you go to post June one cut, it's like, okay, the three, they, it's 3.75 over the next three years is the way you would view it. That's not true. It's actually, if you cut it, like they're trying to keep all the options listed. If they were to cut him before this season, post June one designation, you got to pay it over two years. So, like Jack just said, you got to pay three point seven against the dead cap this year, and then seven point five against the dead cap the next year. So that's important to understand. It's not spread out over three because you know spread out over three years, three point seven five over three years, not terrible, right? You could it's pretty yeah. pretty stomachable, but you could you could split it. So they also list like uh, the savings uh, cap savings would be nine point five on the twenty two row and then 23 it's another 9.5 so me as a novice i was reading that and i'm like well they save 18 they cut them before 22 they save 18 million you know or 19 million or whatever that is that's not the case that's just the number they save that year and when they make the decision right so if they if they did it before 22 and maybe i'm wrong jack you can tell me if i'm wrong the 23 would they still save 9.5 so like my mind starts thinking okay you save 19 million in cap savings versus only 11.25 in dead cap overall or am i wrong on that so it would just be the the first one because he'd be off the roster so you wouldn't consider it a saving in the second one but if you were to keep him here for both years yeah you were talking about 9.5 each of the two years and and that's why andrew berry in the front office anyone sat there having a discussion on austin hooper they're sat there going do we want to pay him nine and a half million to come back and play in 2022? They're not worried about that dead cap part because you can have different mechanisms, the post June 1st um, cut on how you deal with the dead cap. They can backload deals. They're not worried about that side of it. If they're sat there in the room and they're going, is Austin Hooper worth it? The number they're looking at is 9.5 million in base salary because there's no guaranteed money actually left in his deal. There's some old 
prorated money bonus that is is there because of an old signing bonus, old option bonus. 9.5 is the key number. They might feel, hey, we couldn't get anything in wide receiver that the best we got is Cedric Wilson, for example. Right, we'll keep Austin Hooper for one last year because we need to supplement the wide receivers while we draft a couple of guys. But the number's 9.5. That's what they're going to look at. They're not worried about any of the, the old dead money that's going to be sat there, regardless if you keep them or not. Got it. Okay, so that covers Hooper. They cut Hooper. They saved $2 million against the cap this year, right? That's not $2 million half, more. Because they'll post June first. Got it. So they saved 9.5. So that jumps the money now from 12 that we were... T- did we say 12 or was it 13? Uh, 13. 13. So now you're back up to, what, 19 and some change? or, or 22.5 million. I don't need people judging the math here. Okay. I got a lot of going on, a lot of moving parts. Okay. Don't come at me about Jake and his math on this stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of joking. That was pretty bad, but now, now let's talk Landry. So the Landry situation to me is pretty cut and dry. Like yeah, he's gone. you, 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 you only lose a million and a half dead cap and you, you gain 15 million. I guess a restructure could happen here, Jack. It's hard to imagine it, but let's go under the assumption that he won't be back. So that takes us from 20 and some change up to 35, right? That's great. That's a pretty easy decision, okay? That's as simple as you can see a contract laid out on over the cap. It's very simple. Um, the only other one that is interesting to me is J.C. Treader. Um, and Keenum. He's, and yeah, I, I kind of, my mind, Keenum's an auto cut, but we'll talk about both. So Treader for this year is a 1.6. Um, a, no matter what time he's cut, he's a 1.625 dead cap and an eight, uh, 8.235 cap savings. So, you know, that's, it's tough because he's a good player. I don't feel like this is going to happen personally. I thought for a while it would, but I don't feel like it would unless they, my opinion, Jack, they go out on the market and they think they got some big time fish on the hook and they're like, well, we're going to have to bite the bullet somewhere, and we think Nick Harris can be respectable, right? So that's the only angle that I think it could come down to. But I just I have a hard time seeing it because they I think they want to let him play out his last year on this deal. The Browns really do want to, as best they can, honor a lot of their contracts. So I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. I, I think he will be gone purely because if you're looking at the O-line, you've got mm-hmm. two amazing guards either side of him. It's the perfect time to bring in Nick Harris and find out if Nick Harris is the guy because what they don't want to do is do a whole other year and then you're like, hey, it's a bit late. We've got to bring someone else in regardless of whether Nick Harris is a guy we want to extend or not. And I think it will force a decision on him. I know he's taken all the practice snaps, but I think they'll just want to see it through a whole season on game day. I think this is the one where they'll either cut him or it could easily be a trade. I wouldn't rule out... um, if they're going to go out and sort of say, hey, someone wants to give us a late pick, I don't think there'll be much of a market. They might, out of respect, go, hey, go choose where you want to play. Um, but I I think JC Tresser will be gone. Um, and they yeah, might just if we are, and, and the, point, the point of today is not to really argue these. It's really yeah. to show you if they did cut Tresser, that would open up 8.2 more. So you're talking about 42, right, at that point of, yeah. of available cap at that point. So add Keenum for 52 yeah, and a half mil. That's, yeah, so they got a they got a they got a path, Jack, to fifty million, right? That I don't think is bananas because Keenum's only a one point three dead and seven point one cap savings. So, yeah, there's a path here. What I wanted to 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 enlighten folks on is the path to 
50 million of free agency dollars. Now we haven't seen any of those decisions come through, right? Like haven't seen uh, those big decisions happen yet because Conklin was another one that people could consider, but they've worked that out for another year. So that's the, that's the number. And Jack has enlightened us on that. The only thing I also, I wanted to teach folks ahead of this thing, Jack is we're we're probably not going to talk about any players uh, because I just think it's so hard to, to worry about that. They, that, what, what I wanted to show is what you've presented, which is 50 million of free, free money here that they can get by moving off some guys it, at the bare minimum. If you kept Treader still above 40, which is a good number, um, is a, a Denzel Ward extension. Like what you think that will uh, potentially look like if you look at corners around the league, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to try to pull up corners and talk about the guys at the top. And you can tell me where you sort of think he falls in. If they do this deal, like average year guys, you're talking about Byron Jones at 16, five Darius Slay at 16, six, eight. Then you get into the top four, which is Tredavious white at 17, two Marshawn Lattimore, 19, four Humphrey, 19, five. And then Jalen Ramsey's the top dog at, at 20. Um, where do you kind of think a deal would slot him in with that group? Yeah. So we're starting north of 20, um, just because it's two years after Chalen Ramsey's deal. Um, that's 20 million. Um, yeah. two and it'd be million. just 20, you'd be 25, which is younger than all of these guys. He's still an extra year of uh, additional younger age too. So that factors into it as well. Yeah. The really important players, even more than Ramsey, Lattimore and Humphrey is there's going to be probably two contracts signed before he signs. And that's going to be JC Jackson in free agency. And then that's going to be Jaya Alexander of the um, Packers. Once those two deals are signed, that's the market and information that Wards and his agents going to wait on. And then they'll know those numbers and go, right, say the first one, say JC Jackson equals Ramsey and gets 20 million. I think it might just be under, but you never know how desperate people are in free agency. Jaya then goes, right, he got 20 million a year. I'm going to go get 21 million a year. And Jaya signs, and then Denzel Ward goes, right, Jaya got 21, I'm going to have 22, um, etc. And that's just how the sort of puzzle rolls. If we remember back to Garrett signed his deal, and then it was Bosa, I believe, um, a week or something after, um, really, really soon after, signed for an extra 2 million a year. Um, both five-year deals, but just the fact of you wait that little bit longer is how these things work out. And it's why Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, when they're ready and they're like, we're definitely paying this guy, they'll go out there and get it done as soon as possible. Howie Roseman, probably one of the first GMs to really push this as far as possible of, hey, after year three, I want a decision on every single player. And they'll go out and commit big to them. Even if there's still sort of a bit of uncertainty of where they'll go, they'd rather take that risk and go, hey, if we can save 2 million on loads of different players, doesn't matter that we miss on one of four and one of five. We can trade them off, um, take that risk and get it done early. But if I had to predict, I'm looking at 102.5 million over fifth uh, over five years. So you're looking at a little bit of extra money, but nothing crazy. Um, yeah, they'll pay somewhere in the region of 21, 22. Um, and yeah, they'll get that done. And uh when is it going to happen? Because loads of people are always tweeting. It's like, today's a good day to sign Denzel Ward. You're looking at mid-July to the first week of August. And there's a reason why I've pulled out those two dates. That's when Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb signed. Um, and if you ever want to look at what a team's going to do, look at what they've done in the past. Um, they'll wait until after free agency. They've got the draft and everything sorted. And then they'll sign their guys. 
So, um, yeah, if you want to mark on the calendar and count down to the days, middle of July, first week of August, that's going to be the prime spot. I love it. This was great stuff, Jack. Really appreciate you, man. Remind people what to follow you on uh, Twitter. And, and uh, we, we talked earlier about you writing a Dogland. Uh, we'll see what the future holds there. But uh, just, just tell people where they can find you on Twitter. And, and we appreciate your time, dude. Yeah, so it's at Jack Duffin, D-U-F-F-I-N. Um, you can find me there. DMs are open. Feel free to tweet at me a question. Jump in the DMs is fine. One thing I will say on the 50 million, if you're sat there going, hey, I want to sign these five players and they add up to more than 50 million, don't worry because they're going to backload those deals. So like Austin Hooper at 10.5 million a year, the actual first year cap number was only 3.5. So if you want to go out and spend a bit in free agency, guys, while you're playing around on simulators, um, if you're listening to Stephen Thomas, I know you love spending a bit of money in free agency, then don't limit yourself to that 50 million. By all means, go out and blow it. I'd happily spend about 35 million on just wide receivers. So uh, go crazy. Go crazy. That's the word from Jack. Appreciate your time, buddy. All the best. And that's all for today's weekend edition. Thanks for Jack Duffin for joining us on the show and giving us this information on the salary cap. Appreciate you guys listening to this show as well and continuing to support it with your time and downloads and and uh, the energy that you pour into uh, reaching out and leaving comments and all of that stuff. So thanks for doing that. Appreciate you supporting the website again where we have the 50% off an annual VIP membership. And don't forget about the Monday, uh, the watch-along party, the subathon that we're having for the first day of the NFL tampering period with free agency, which is, again, a reminder where a lot of deals come out uh, and agreements happen pretty quickly. That's when the Browns were serious, serious players in free agency two years ago. Those are when the Conklin and Hooper deals were announced on the Monday. So join us there if you have time. Appreciate your... Uh, you know, willingness to, uh, like I said, check out three different places, this pod, the website, and Twitch. And, uh, you know, guys, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Be well. And we sign off with our usual Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.